welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. <laughs> Going to be a fun morning. Saturday morning, men join us, 7.30 for a great time. want to share with you, continuing in our series on the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has, well, all kingdoms, as far as that goes, has five major components to it. Okay, obviously, a kingdom has a ruler and uh, a leader of that kingdom. Uh, in uh, case of our nation, it's a president that's elected by the people. Um, they have boundaries, borders that distinguish where that is at. I, I, I'm not sure I understand the concept that we're having right now in America that we, we don't want to have borders. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, they don't do that in Croatia. They don't do that in Germany. They certainly didn't do that in the USSR when I went there. The years that we were going in and out of the Iron Curtain and smuggling Bibles in, they, they, had, they had borders. Has language so they can communicate. They have enemies that hate them, that want to destroy and conquer that kingdom. But every kingdom also has culture. Those unique things that give that nation its unique personality. And I want to talk with you this morning about one aspect of the kingdom culture. I'm going to share with you what Jesus had to say about it. I'm going to share with you how that uniquely applies to you and me. And I want to give you a biblical illustration that shows how it is critical to this time, to this generation, to this moment in U.S. history and Hermiston and you and your family. Let's pray. Father, speak to us today. I pray that you will open your holy word to us, that we might see it clearly. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will open our spiritual eyes. Holy Spirit, give revelation today. Give inspiration today. Holy Spirit, empower me to speak the word of God, and that it would be spirit, that it would be life. Not the spirit of man, but the Holy Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking that you will cause this to be a message from heaven to our heart today. May it bring faith to our heart. May it bring healing to our heart. May it bring strength and encouragement that we would live for you, Father, with a passion and with an energy and with a strength in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. When Jesus was talking about the kingdom, 
He shared with his disciples. He, he took them to his home community. Right when he was starting his public ministry, he took them to his home community, Nazareth. Nazareth sits on the uh, southeast side of a hill overlooking the Jezreel Valley. You can stand in Nazareth, look across the valley, and see Megiddo, which was one of the cities that Solomon built to house some of his horses and chariots. It's going to be the location of the famous final battle that will bring all of history to culmination, Armageddon. Jesus took his disciples to his home community. On the Sabbath day, he gathered with the men of that community. He was asked to read the scripture for that day. He read from the book of Isaiah. He read these words. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For if he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. To proclaim deliverance to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is recorded for us in Luke chapter 4. As Jesus completed reading that passage, he rolled the scroll back. He gave it back to the rabbi to put it back in, the, in its case. And then he looked at the audience and he said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I am that anointed one that has come to bring this to you. This is your day. This is your time. What Jesus was proclaiming was that the kingdom of God had come. Now when he was ordaining his disciples and sending them forth to do their ministry, he first started with the twelve that he gathered to him. Go with me, if you would, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10. I'd like to read with you the first 15 verses. Matthew, chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Holler amen if you're there. Okay, here we go. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. For Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, do not go enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. 
Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bags for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff, for a worker is worthy of his food. Verse 11. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. When you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever you will not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it's more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day than for that city. Now look what he's saying. The message was, the kingdom of God is here. And how they would know the kingdom of God was here is there would be miracles and signs and wonders. And look at the authority that they carried. When you go into a house and you bless that house, that blessing, that peace will fill that home. When you leave, that blessing will remain. But if that home is not worthy and you withhold your peace, that peace will not abide there. It will not remain. And when you leave a city, if that city will not receive you, will not hear you, you speak judgment on that city. It will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for that city. Kingdom, authority, and power. And Jesus was saying to his disciples, the kingdom of God brings with it a culture of miracles and signs and wonders. Now, you may go, well, yeah, but that was for the 12, right? That was just for the 12? Oh, well, let's go to Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus ordains 70 more apostles. See, there are people that just believe he only had 12. We know for certain he had a minimum of 82. Go with me to the, to the, to the gospel of Luke. Let, let, me, uh, let me get there with you, okay? Amen? Amen. Okay, we're there. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Now, I want to remind you to the 12, they were only to go to the lost sheep of Israel, not the Samaritans, not the Gentiles. Now, Jesus is expanding that, and it's whatever city he goes to. And you may remember, he went to the city of Tyre and Sidon, right? Gentile cities. He went to the, he went to the Decapolis. That was the ten Roman cities that was in the region that we would know today as the Golan Heights. And so, wherever Jesus was going, these 70 would go ahead of him, and they would do meetings getting ready for Jesus to come. And listen to what he says to them. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Do you pray that, folks? Do you pray that? You should be praying that every day. God, raise up workers for the kingdom. Amen. Verse 3. 
go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. Greet no one along the road, but whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If it will not, it will return to you. Boy, this is starting to sound a lot like the 12, doesn't it? Uh, It goes on. Verse 6, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. 7, and remain in the house, eating and drinking such things as they give for the labors worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat things that are set before you and heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this. Pay attention right here. The kingdom of God has come near to you. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. And then he goes on and he happens to mention Chorazin. And also Bethsaida. And he talks about how that because they didn't receive the gospel, they would not receive the ministry of Jesus Christ and his apostles. Judgment was going to come on them. And I want you to know, I've been to the ruins to this very day. Those cities are nothing but ruin. Wake up, America. The kingdom of God, when it comes, a part of the kingdom culture is miracles and signs and wonders. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12? He said these words, verily, verily, I say unto you. Now he was using an Hebrew idiom. When they repeat a word, they're not stuttering. They are giving it exponential power. For example, in Isaiah chapter 6, when the angels are crying, holy, holy, holy. In the Hebrew, they're literally saying, God is holy to the third power. Jesus is saying here, I'm telling you the truth to the second power. What's that truth, Jesus? He who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Let me remind you, please go back to the first slide for me, will you? Slide one. Uh, I'm sorry, slide two. Try three. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the projectionist, it was the speaker. Okay. <laughs> Jesus' words, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's why Jesus came, to bring the kingdom of God with this culture with it. And he says to his church, I give you the power and authority in my name. My kingdom brings this kind of culture. Some say, oh, but wasn't that just for the apostles? Wasn't that just for the apostles? Just for the apostles? Wasn't that just for the apostles? Well, let's look. Let's look at Jesus' words, Jesus himself. 
Okay, we know what he said to the apostles, 82, right? Now, what does he say to the whole church? The scripture that Pastor Darcy read this morning, Matthew, or excuse me, Mark 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? Preach the gospel to all creation. Then he said this, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This was to his church, not just to the 12, not just to the, to the 82. This was to his church. The writer of Hebrews said something very interesting in Hebrews chapter 2. He said, For if the word spoken by angels received a just recompense of reward, how much greater, how much greater the words that were spoken, the Lord himself confirming it both with signs and wonders. And then he said these words. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed. To the things which we have heard. Lest we should let them slip. Literally lest we sail past the harbor of safety. In Luke chapter 24. When Jesus was about to ascend back to heaven. He gathered his disciples and his apostles around him. And he spoke to them. And in that moment, he reaffirmed. It is, actually, it is actually the writer Luke recording the same event that is recorded by Mark in chapter 16 that Pastor Darcy read to us. But Luke gives us a little different perspective of what was experienced there on that mountaintop with Jesus just before he was ascended back to heaven. And he tells them this. He says, I have given you the command that the gospel is to be preached to all nations. But I tell you, do not depart from Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. Why? Why? Because the church was to carry a power and an authority that was going to distinguish it from all other generations of God's people. The nation of Israel had been there. They had the temple. But all of that was in ritual form and trying to, to carry out a religious work of God without the presence of God. They didn't even have the Ark of the Covenant. That had been lost the time of Jeremiah. And now what do we have? We have the Lord Jesus Christ himself coming saying, I'm establishing the kingdom. He said to his 12, preach the kingdom of heaven is here. To the 70, preach the kingdom of heaven is here. 
to the church, preach the kingdom of heaven is here. And in my name, cast out devils, speak with new tongues. My kingdom will come and there will be miracles and signs and wonders because my kingdom is now among men and women. And it's my church that brings my kingdom. I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Amen. Amen. Church. Church. It wasn't just for the apostles. It's the church for all generations. And that is you and that is me. And when truly the church is being the church, that which will distinguish it is exactly what you heard earlier this morning. Ada, when you shared that with me, I got so excited. It's been, it's been on, the, on the clipboards the last couple of weeks praying. And the doctors, she said, that, and this, is, this was in the text that she got from her daughter. The daughter said, the doctors can't understand how come all of the tests showed cancer, but when they did the biopsy, there was no cancer. Well, we know why. God has power over cancer. God has authority over sickness and disease. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord, our healer. And what did Jesus say? Go heal the sick. Go heal the sick. Church, go heal the sick. Now listen, this is critical to our nation right now. We, we are in a time and season that is so like the northern kingdom of Israel at the time of King Ahab and Jezebel. I want to tell you, in, in, I'm, I'm being as serious as I can be, and I'm not speaking Democrat or Republican. I'm talking about the condition of America. We are a nation filled with Ahabs and Jezebels. I, have you wondered what I've wondered? Out of 300 plus million Americans these are our two best really that should cause us great concern about whether we have leadership or not and that was the condition in Israel at that time they had a dearth in leadership they, they had so much corruption in their leadership and in their government. Dear ones, we, we have so much corruption in Washington, D.C. The moral rectitude of this nation is absolutely in shambles. Bribery, graft, corruption... Power for sale. And when you move out from our government headquarters in D.C. and you begin moving across our 50 states, dear ones, it only gets worse. 
We are in a moral landslide, a moral freefall. And we, we must realize across our nation, we have become so idolaters. Let me just show you a few. I have been researching this out for weeks, months actually. Looking, searching on the internet. How many of our major cities have idols that are set up in that city? Look at some of them with me. I'm just going to give you four cities, okay? Could you go with me to New York? In New York City, last August, Kali was displayed on the Empire State Building. Kali is a female goddess of death and destruction. Worshipped in India. The number one female goddess of India. Our wonderful people, our environmentalists, wanted this displayed in New York City to be a protector to our environment. They put up a goddess of destruction and death to protect us. Isn't that wonderful? The archway, a little difficult to see in the lower right corner. The archway there is in Central Park. It actually leads right up to the city offices for New York City. And it is a replica of the archway that led in to the Temple of Baal. That is millennia old. In Syria, it's actually been destroyed by ISIS now, the the original one. But they set this up in Central Park. That's New York City. Let's go now to, uh, I can't remember what city, Nashville. This is an idol set up in Nashville on on the prominent hill overlooking downtown Nashville. It is a female replica of... Of what we would know as the goddess Diana from Holy Scripture. Go with me to the next one. Washington, D.C. An Indian female goddess that was set up in Washington, D.C. this year specifically to be worshipped to bring peace to our capital city. <laughs> Folks, I'm wanting you to see We have thrown God out of every public arena that we can. But in this place, we're bringing in idols. The very thing Almighty God said, do not do. The very thing that brought destruction to the northern kingdom. Because they stopped worshiping the living God. They set up the golden calves. And then Ahab and Jezebel set up idols to Baal and idols to Ashtaroth. And it began bringing destruction. And so God sent two prophets, Elijah and Elisha, to call the nation back to God. And when you when you study the end of 1 Kings and into 2 Kings, these two mighty men of God did miracle after miracle. In fact, when Elisha was take Elijah rather was taken to heaven, Elisha said, "I want a double portion of the spirit that was upon Elijah." And interesting, he did exactly twice as many miracles as Elijah that we have recorded in scripture. Yeah. 
But, but they were, the, the miracles they performed were so practical. The widow of one of the prophets. was in financial ruin. And so a miracle was performed so that she had oil to sell so that there was income for her and her son. And, and, and they, they didn't live in, in absolute poverty. A well in Jericho was not fit to drink. And so a miracle was performed that turned the water sweet. I've drank from that well. Still good today. They were doing construction work. And one of the axes broke and the axe head fell in the river. It was made to float. So that it could be recovered. A family that couldn't have children. So God gave a miracle. They could have children. A son that died. God brought him back to life. Practical. Practical miracles. But these miracles were a continual declaration. Elijah's great ministry started with one of the great miracles when he called all the prophets of Baal to Mount Carmel and he said to Israel, look, if the Lord be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. But stop standing with your feet in both worlds. Who is living God? Serve the living God. And God gave a miracle. Amen? Amen. That he was the living God. And it is time for America to wake up and realize these are simply idols. They have no power. They have eyes but can't see. They have a mouth but they can't speak. They have hands but they can't heal or save. They, they are simply the making of man's hands. But I'm telling you there is a living God who is not made by man but who made man. There is the living God who is not made of wood but he made wood. He is not made of gold but he made gold. He is the living God creator of all things. Serve him. But how do you know? How do you know he's the living God? How do we know the kingdom of God is here? It is because men and women filled with the spirit of God bring the ministry of the miraculous. That is why Jesus said, don't Leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Listen as I close this message. It is Holy Spirit through us that brings the culture of Almighty God into reality. Not just by giving us the fruit of the Spirit inside. So we live from the inside out. We don't live by our five natural senses. We live by the five spiritual senses with fruit 
of love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Amen? The night inside. That is the manifestation of God's kingdom from the inside out. But that's not the only way. Holy Spirit wants to baptize you. God wants to take you and immerse you in the Holy Spirit so that you are saturated with Holy Spirit anointing and power. Anointing is God's divine impartation that enables an ordinary person to do an extraordinary task. And God wants every one of his kids walking in Holy Spirit power and anointing so that we manifest the kingdom of God through signs and wonders. And that's what God wants his church to be. It is time to lay aside the 21st century normal American church that has great entertainment and has great quality of making you feel good on Sunday but has no power. In other words, we have a form but no power. Almighty God wants his church filled with Holy Spirit, power, kingdom, authority. We are stepping into a season that is beyond anything you've imagined. I I checked this morning. I just had to look. I went to the United States debt clock. These numbers boggle your brain. I I, I mean, literally, they, they they boggle your brain. But you got to hear it just for fun, okay? As of 7.15 this morning, we are 19 trillion, 800 billion, 600 and some million in debt. But just the interest is multiplying by 15,000 plus a second just the interest now someone much smarter than me researched this out if you were to take one dollar bills and stack them one on top of another to reach our nation's current indebtedness as of 7.15 this morning and of course it's worse right now as we're sitting here but Because how many seconds have gone by? Never mind. We don't even want to think about that. It would reach, the stack of $1 bills would reach clear to the moon five and a half times. But wait, as the infomercial says, there's more. Because you see, we have unfunded debt obligations that our federal government has that's not funded in the budget, but it's obligated. One of those being old codgers like me, our Social Security. All we have in the Social Security Fund is an IOU, but they still owe it. When you take the unfunded indebtedness, (laughs) get ready, it goes anywhere from 126 trillion to Dr. 
Ben Carson said when he was campaigning, 211 trillion. Now that's in addition to the 19 trillion. I mean, you think about that. Now, now we're talking 30 trips to the moon. <laughs> okay. To add all that. I mean, it's insane, right? But listen, Chicago, are you aware that since January 1 to October 31 in the city of Chicago, over 3,600 shootings, over 600 people dead. Folks, that's war. There were 78 shootings just in the month of October. That's a war zone. But when you listen to our current presidential candidates, you would think that, boy, get me in office and in just a matter of weeks and months, and we're going to have this indebtedness taken care of. We're, we're going we're to build a wall of safety. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Listen, we're going to have peace. ISIS is just, no, we're going to have peace. Folks, listen, do you really think that these two people have scared ISIS so bad that they're going to just lay down and, and the, the, the terrorists that are already inside our U.S., they're just going to quit? Do you think that the gang members and the criminals in Chicago are just going to lay down their guns and quit just because Hillary or Donald gets in office? Really? Folks, listen to me. Listen to me. There is only one answer for America. There is only one answer for the world. And Almighty God promised it in the book of Joel. In the last days, I am going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. And your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. I'm going to pour out my spirit on my handmaidens and on my servants. And dear ones, he said he's going to bring a revival that will absolutely make the world shock. Because the revival is so great. But that is not going to happen in normal 21st century America church. It is time the church must have a soaking, saturating, flowing of the Holy Spirit that causes men and women to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit 24-7. I am tired of hearing about cancer in Hermiston. There is something wrong with our aquifer. I don't know what it is. But there is something wrong that Hermiston has. An over-the-top problem with children having cancer. Something wrong. I don't know what it is. But I know the solution. It's the same solution for Jericho. The church can pray a miracle into the aquifer of Hermiston and we can see it turn. We can see the cancer stop. We can see the alcoholism and the drug addiction in Hermiston stop. We can see domestic violence stop. We can see our city become a 
blessing in the earth and the righteousness of God exalted. But it's only going to happen with men and women who will accept the fact, I live like royalty. I am a son and daughter of the king. I live in the kingdom of almighty God with kingdom power and authority. And I'm going to take it everywhere I go. I'm going to take it to work. I'm going to take it to the marketplace. I am going to live in kingdom power and authority because the kingdom of God is a culture of miracles and signs and wonders. Stand with me, will you please?